Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast, everyone. This is Tim, and this is a very special episode because we are talking about Thanos and making Thanos into an epic level D&D monster for a 20th level party of heroes to fight and potentially lose against. After seeing Infinity War last year, that's an Avengers movie for those of you who don't know, I knew that Thanos would make a great epic level D&D monster. But I took a look online and I was a bit surprised to find that there were not many iterations of Thanos. Uh, But maybe that's changed in the past few months. I haven't really looked all that recently. So maybe I'm late to the game. Who knows? I'll just assume that I'm not and that my version will be the best. Now, if you're a dungeon master and if you're listening to this episode, chances are you might already be or maybe you're just interested in running a one-shot with Thanos to kill a bunch of your friends, you'll find that making your own monsters in Dungeons & Dragons is always fun. Always. But, me, personally, I have never made an epic-level monster before. I've never run an epic-level game, never run a campaign long enough to get over level 11? So making a monster that can go toe-to-toe with a party of 20th-level heroes was just too tempting for me to pass up. So where do we start? I should start by saying that I'm not all too familiar with Thanos from the comics. I didn't get, I didn't really get comfortable with my nerddom until, uh, you know, like my mid-20s. So a lot of the inspiration for this will come from the movie Avengers Infinity War. As we get into this, you may also think that some of Thanos' abilities may come across as overpowered. Uh, This is because I have not incorporated layer actions. Uh, Many high-level monsters come equipped with layer actions, which make them even more dangerous. Uh, Now, you can certainly choose to incorporate these if you want to in normal gameplay. Uh, Player characters may be aware of the danger of facing a monster in its lair and try to strategize accordingly, make the choice to draw the monster out so as not to put themselves at a disadvantage. However, since I made Thanos with the intention of it being a one-shot battle, this isn't really an option for the players. But if you're facing perhaps maybe a larger group of players, like if you're going up against more than five, you may want to incorporate some of your own layer actions just to make sure that the playing field is level. Level in your favor anyways. Now let's start, actually start for real this time, by thinking about the type of threat that Thanos is before he gets all of the Infinity Stones. And just going by the movie and several cues throughout the movie, we can tell that Thanos is a warrior. He's a brawler. When he's fighting the Hulk, one of his followers, I believe it's Ebony Moss, says, let him have his fun. And later, even when he has most of the Infinity Stones, oh, I guess spoiler for the movie if you haven't seen it already, but if you haven't seen it, like, what are you doing with your life? Get your life together and go watch it. And even when he has most of the Infinity Stones, he still fights Iron Man hand-to-hand and beats the crap out of him with his ungauntleted hand when he doesn't have to. So he likes to fight. So we're going to make that a central part of his design. Accordingly, we're going to start by giving him the highest strength score possible, 20. And then we're going to bump it up to 22 because he's got the Power Stone, so... No need to constrain him by the quote-unquote normal rules, because those just apply to mortals. 
Next, we're going to determine hit points by looking at the challenge rating in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Now, since Thanos is epic level, we're not going to make him CR 20, even though he's going up against a 20th level party. A creature that can eradicate half of all life deserves a higher rating than that, so we're going to go to 25 or 26 and select the hit points based on that. Page 274 suggests between 581 and 625 for hit points for a CR 26 monster, so we're going to land somewhere around there. Now a party of top tier level heroes will still wear down a creature with that many hit points surprisingly fast. So we're going to give him a bit of extra toughness, which we'll get to in a bit. But staying on the hand-to-hand -hand combat topic, let's figure out how much damage he should be doing with his melee attacks. A creature of this threat level should have a multi-attack doing three melee attacks per round. And we can determine the damage output per attack by looking at a monster of similar challenge rating. On pages 1... 42 and 143 in Kanan's Tome of Foes, or Mordenkainen's, however you want to pronounce it, there are stats for the demon lord Baphomet, a CR 23 monster who also has a three-pronged multi-attack, each one doing between 17 to 21 points of damage. So choosing a number in this range is probably appropriate. Let's just go with 20. Nice round number. So this means he has the potential of dishing out 60 points of damage every turn just with his multi-attack, and that is by no means all that he's going to be capable of doing. Now that we have his strength, melee attacks, and hit points figured out, let's go through the rest of his stats. These will really only come into play when he's forced to make saving throws. Speaking of which, Thanos will have three legendary resistances, as all high-level enemies should have. So if he fails a saving throw, he can choose to succeed instead, and he can do that three times per day. In this case, three times over the course of the encounter. Also, like other high-CR opponents, he has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects, and his attacks are considered magical. I feel like that's pretty normal for a lot of high-challenge-level monsters. Since in this encounter Thanos has all the Infinity Stones, all of his stats are going to be very high. Dexterity will be his second lowest stat. While very strong and very tough, he's not very nimble, and he's pretty easy to hit. We'll give him an 18 on dex and a 19 to his armor class, which is, which is his natural armor. There won't be too many attacks that miss him, so he's going to have to be durable in other ways. The Dungeon Master's Guide also shows that 19 is the highest AC they suggest. Probably because high CR monsters are likely going to be large creatures and therefore not too difficult to hit. The same is true for Thanos, his size will be considered large. Since Thanos is very tough, we're going to make his constitution a 24. His intelligence will be 20. Wisdom will be a 26. Thanos has been around for a while and he has learned a thing or two. This is also going to be important since Wisdom will be considered his spellcasting ability. Page 274 shows us that monsters CR 25 and up have a plus 8 proficiency bonus 
and with the wisdom score of 26, he should have a plus 16 to all of his spell attacks. But let's be charitable and say it's a plus 14 just to introduce the small chance that there may be some attacks that miss. The table on the same page recommends having a save difficulty challenge, a save DC of 22 against his spell attacks, but let's bump that up to 23. We can put his charisma at an 18, not a hugely important stat, and besides, he won't need a very strong charisma score for very much since he's going to be immune to being charmed or frightened. While we're going through the numbers, he's proficient in strength, constitution, and wisdom saving throws, which will give him plus 12, plus 13, and plus 14, respectively. Lastly, let's talk damage resistance. As I said before, a party of 20th level heroes is going to chew through most opponents very quickly. So this is why Thanos has resistance to all melee damage, whether it's magical or not. Just referencing the movie really quick, in Infinity War, the Avengers throw everything they have at him, and he seems totally unfazed by it. Uh, it's only Thor who shows any real chance of being able to kill him. So by introducing damage resistance, the player characters will have to approach Thanos tactically, keeping him tied up in melee with some meat shields, barbarians, or fighters, or maybe paladins, while the rest of the party supports their melee companions and wears Thanos down from a distance. But it's going to be difficult for them to stick to this plan, which I'll get to shortly. So besides being a threatening melee fighter, Thanos has a crazy amount of power in the gauntlet. So much power that he can seemingly adapt to any situation. To represent this, I've broken down his powers into three tiers. Primary, secondary, and reactions. The primary tier powers are one use only, and he has six of these, one for each stone. Once he uses one of these, you can cross it off the list. I would recommend starting the encounter off with one of these to make your players terrified. These abilities are so powerful that on Thanos' character sheet, you'll see that if he uses one of these primary tier abilities on his turn, he can't do a multi-attack. That's just to sort of introduce one element of balance. His secondary abilities are still considerable, and he can make his multi-attack as well as using one secondary ability during his turn. All of his secondary abilities are on a 4-plus recharge. So let's say if you use the secondary ability for the Mind Stone, you wouldn't be able to use that next turn unless you rolled a 4-plus to recharge it, but you could, if you fail to recharge it, just move on to one of the secondary powers for one of the other stones. The third tier abilities are reactions. Thanos has three legendary actions each turn. And are these kind of a misnomer? Legendary actions are always reactions, aren't they? Anyways, so every round Thanos could be acting four or five times. Three of those actions will be on the player character's turns. So he's going to be very, very active. All right, let's get into these powers here. We're going to start with his tier one abilities. Each ability is in keeping with one of the six infinity stones. Let's first start off with the power stone. The choice here is so obvious, isn't it? It was right in the movie. Meteor Swarm. I recommend doing this first so that your player characters are immediately on the defensive 
And the cleric, if the party has a cleric, starts using up those healing spells. If their party does not have a cleric, this will be a very short one-shot. I actually play-tested a version of Thanos with a group of friends, and this was the very first ability that I used, and it did put them, as I said, on the defensive. If I recall correctly, it nearly killed the wizard. Next, the Space Stone. We're going to borrow an ability from the fiend patron warlock called Hurl Through Hell, which is this. When you hit a creature with an attack, you can use this feature to instantly transport the target through the lower planes. This creature disappears and hurtles through a nightmare landscape. At the end of your next turn, the target returns to the space it previously occupied or the nearest unoccupied space. If the target is not a fiend, which in this case it won't be, it takes 10d10 psychic damage as it reels from its horrific experience. So I would ignore the part about needing to hit an opponent with an attack in order for this ability to work. With a space stone, he just uses it, it just happens. So not only does this do a respectable amount of damage, but it removes one of the heroes from the table for a turn, which is particularly useful if you have a pesky spellcaster or a dangerous barbarian. Also, since this feature is not a spell, you won't have to worry about being counterspelled. For the reality stone, we're going to borrow the 20th level ability from the arcane trickster rogue called Spell Thief which I've spoken on before in one of the uh, Creating Villain episodes. But in case you don't know, Spell Thief does this. Immediately after a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in its area of effect, you can use your reaction to force the creature to make a saving throw with its spellcasting ability modifier. The DC equals your spell save DC. On a failed save, you negate the spell's effects against you and you steal the knowledge of the spell if it is at least first level and of a level that you can cast. For the next eight hours, you know the spell, can cast it using your spell slot, and the creature can't cast that spell until the eight hours have passed. So this is a great ability to maybe rob a wizard or sorcerer of a medium level spell. Using the, uh, using the spell thief power would likely, since it's a reaction, Thanos likely wouldn't take any other reactions on that turn. And if you're thieving a sort of middle-level spell, like between maybe four to six, you could slot that into a secondary tier power and therefore have it on a four-plus recharge along with the other uh, secondary tier powers that Thanos is using. Now, this ability could also fit thematically with the Mind Stone, but there is a far more appropriate ability for the Mind Stone. So I chose Spell Thief to go with the Reality Stone. The Tier 1 ability for the Mind Stone is Feeble Mind. Using this against the party's Cleric could be devastating, but also against a Wizard or Sorcerer could take one of the heroes out of the fight entirely, thereby drastically reducing the party's damage output. You could use this early on so that your players have the resources to attempt to counter it, and therefore they're using up some of those resources. Or if you use it after the, I don't know, fifth or sixth round, depending on how things are going for you, 
so that they maybe no longer have those resources. That's also an option which, if they're not able to counter it, at least you're not taking someone out of the fight right early on. You know, that would be no fun for one of your players to be out of the fight after the first round. For the time stone, we're going to borrow an ability from the divination wizard, which is portent. You roll three d20s and keep those numbers for later. You can substitute these in later for your own die rolls or for someone else's. These represent Thanos using the time stone to see into the future. These could also be handy for missed attacks or to force a hero to fail a saving throw that they have succeeded. For example, the saving throw against the Spell Thief ability. That would be a good one. And lastly, the Soul Stone. There's only one spell in my mind that's suitable for this. Surely you've already thought of it too. Power Word Kill. So this represents the snap. You can do this late in the encounter after you've weakened the party sufficiently so that you have a good chance to kill someone. Power Word Kill, of course... Once you cast it, if the target has fewer than 100 hit points, it dies. That's it. So now let's move on to the second tier abilities. These are less powerful, but still very useful. It's unlikely that the encounter will last long enough for you to use all of the first and second tier abilities, but adding the recharge mechanic on the second tier abilities at least adds in an element of planning on your part instead of just being able to spam whatever second tier ability you find the most useful. So once again, we're going to start with the Power Stone, and we're going to keep it simple with a Lightning Bolt cast at 5th level. With the Space Stone, the second tier spell is the spell Scatter, which allows you to teleport up to 5 creatures that are within 30 feet of you up to 120 feet away if they fail a saving throw. As I mentioned before, your players will probably try to slow down Thanos with a few tough melee fighters who, at 20th level, can be serious threats. So this would be useful for getting dangerous melee fighters away from you and by bringing those fragile wizards next to you. One or the other, or both. For the Reality Stone, the second tier ability is Force Cage. Thanos manipulates reality and creates a prison for his enemies. Force Cage is a tricky predicament to get out of. Your player characters and your players will have to be very resourceful in order to get around this. For the Mind Stone, we're going to go with Synaptic Static. Each creature in a 20-foot radius sphere makes an intelligence save. A creature with an intelligence of 2 or lower is immune. Well, you won't be dealing with that. A target takes 8d6 psychic damage on a failed save, or half as much on a success. On a failed save, for one minute, it rolls a d6 and subtracts the number from all attacks, ability checks, and concentration saves. It can repeat the save at the end of its turns. For the Time Stone, Thanos will use the spell Slow. Up to six creatures of your choice in a 40-foot cube must succeed on a wisdom save, or have their speed halved, a minus two penalty to armor class and dex saves, and can't use reactions. On its turn, a creature can only use an action or a bonus action, not both. It also can't make more than one attack during its turn despite items or abilities. If the creature casts a spell with a time of one action, roll a d20. 
On an 11 or more, the spell can't take effect until the creature's next turn, and it must use its action on that turn to complete the spell. If it can't, then the spell is wasted. Reading this, slow is a really underrated spell. Like, that's... that's huge. This spell will be effective against melee characters as it limits their multi-attacks, as well as hampering enemy spellcasters. Lastly, for the Soul Stone, I had a bit of difficulty with this one. Trying to find a spell that fit with the theme of soul, if that's a theme. But eventually I settled on Bestow Curse, cast at 5th level, which means there's no requirement for concentration. This spell has some serious utility options. There are several different effects, but one of the most consequential in a combat scenario would be the option to either impose disadvantage on attack rolls against Thanos, or to force the player character to pass a wisdom saving throw at the start of its turn in order for it to be able to do anything. If it fails a wisdom saving throw, it does nothing. So those are all the tier 1 and tier 2 abilities. What you may notice is that out of those 12 abilities, only 4 of them actually deal damage. As I said earlier, Thanos is a warrior. How you use these powers is of course your call, but... The way they read to me is that they allow him to neutralize several enemies at once, whether by slowing them down or scattering them, so that they have to spend several rounds getting back in range of him. In doing this, he can get into melee with a strategic target, focus the fight on one player character so that he's not spreading himself too thin by trying to spend his turn dealing less damage to numerous targets. Doing more damage to one target will, again, compel the healers in the group to use their resources to keep their fellow party members in the fight. If the party you're facing has a cleric, you can expect them to save their ninth level spell for late in the encounter and drop mass heal on the party, which heals up to 700 hit points. Suddenly the PCs are back up to full, and here you are already having used a lot of your tier 1 abilities. This is exactly what happened to me when I playtested this. So if the party you're facing has a cleric, which it probably will, consider making the cleric a priority target. Alright, now let's talk about his legendary actions, which in my opinion should be called legendary reactions, since they have it on someone else's turn. So he's going to have three options for his legendary actions. The first of the three, Thanos casts Eldritch Blast at 17th level. This will allow you to target up to four PCs, since the cantrip being cast at this stage generates four beams. This lets you do some damage to player characters who are managing to keep out of range of your melee, or out of range of any of the tier 1 or 2 abilities you've used so far. So that's going to be four beams of force damage, each one doing d10, so potentially up to 40 points of damage as reaction. Second reaction, Chill Touch, cast at 17th level. This does 4d8 damage, which isn't a crazy amount, but if you hit, the target cannot regain hit points until the start of your next turn. So this is a great way to whittle down one of the more dangerous enemies you're facing and potentially limit the help it can receive from healers. The third option... will be the spell Thunderstep. Now this reaction costs two legendary actions. So this will allow him to teleport, and it does thunder damage to anyone close by. So if he gets surrounded, he can get out of trouble and deal some damage at the same time. 
It will help prevent him from being bogged down in hand-to-hand, -hand, and you could also use this reaction right before your turn in order to better position Thanos to deliver an attack where you want to line up a few targets, like Lightning Bolt, for example. You could even use the teleport ability to put him right into melee with one of the more fragile player characters if they get too close. Now, as an alternative to these reactions, if you aren't thrilled with them, would be to consider introducing a limited number of uses of Counterspell. I didn't include Counterspell in this iteration of Thanos since he already has a number of ways to limit his opponent's spellcasting abilities. There's only a few things left to discuss here, and that would be equipping your players. And if I can say one thing, it would be be generous. Create a pretense in the encounter where they can acquire some high-level loot so that they can do some cool stuff. They are definitely going to need it. Also, something to mention, when I playtested this, there was a wizard in the party who did not take Counterspell. Now, I think that Counterspell should work against Thanos' abilities, uh, any of those abilities which are actually spells, since in Infinity War, Doctor Strange is able to counter Thanos' attacks uh, a number of times, so to me, it really makes sense to allow that possibility. Besides, if your portent rolls include a few very low numbers, you could force the counterspell to fail, or you could use your spell thief on counterspell and remove it from your opponent's arsenal altogether. And if all else fails, Thanos has the abilities, the means to beat a spellcaster to a pulp. So now that we've really discussed all of the details for this character, I just want to one last time go back to the chart on page 274 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. One of the columns has damage per round based on challenge rating. Now Thanos has the potential to do up to about 130 or 132 points of damage just with his melee multi-attack and his reactions, and that's not including any tier 1 or tier 2 abilities that he uses. Of course, if it's tier 1, there won't be any multi-attack, but just say for example, he does a multi-attack, he does his reactions, that's a potential for up to 130 points of damage, and as a second tier ability, Lightning Bolt at 5th level for 10d6, that's potentially up to, in the unlikely event of rolling maximum damage on everything, up to about 190 points of damage in one round which puts him, according to the chart, at about CR 23. You know what? I think that's pretty respectable. In the game that I playtested this, there were four player characters, a wizard, a cleric, a ranger, and a barbarian. Uh, the barbarian was very difficult to contend with. I didn't have Thanos' legendary reactions uh, really fine-tuned, so his reactions were mostly wasted, unfortunately. But... The combat lasted almost 10 rounds, and I did kill the cleric eventually, but not before Mass Heal had gone off, and at that point, kind of decided the game. Anyways, uh, I will be posting the uh, stat sheet for Thanos and sort of the spreadsheet which outlines his tier 1, tier 2, and reaction abilities on the Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter, I guess. So you can check those out. Feel free to use it. If you do end up running a one-shot with this, uh, let me know how it goes. Did you end up killing your party? Did they end up killing you? A little bit of both. All that I can really hope for is that 
everyone has fun. Not really, actually. I hope you do destroy all of your players brutally. Anyways, that's it for me for now. Again, thanks very much for listening to this, and we're just going to let the outro music take it away, because it's so epic, like... Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d